Hey there! The holidays are here, so it's good to know Fred Meyer can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or Aunt Sue's legendary twice-stuffed stuffing, Fred Meyer has got you covered. So order for free pickup at fredmeyer.com or the app, and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, the off-the-cuff exploration of everyday aha moments and life experiences. Join a cast of over 70 uniquely brilliant individuals. Each week, Mike Domish and an eclectic mix of cast members and special guests will engage in mindful and lively conversations about everything from meditation to spirituality to personal passions to successes and failures to relationships to the stuff that makes up the moments of our daily lives. Let's get started with your host, author, speaker, provocateur, and a bit of a goofball, Mike Domish. Hello, and yes, I'm your host, Mike Domish, and thrilled to be here with our cast from the Everyday Mindfulness Show. This week's cast includes Rick Clemens, Jill Shufflebein, Jen Rulon, Darren Tipton. And if you're wondering, well, how do I find out about these people? Check out our brilliant cast and get all their special freebie downloads they have available at everydaymindfulnessshow.com. That's everydaymindfulnessshow.com. This week, we're talking about being bold living a life of being bold, being bold in an everyday moment. And give credit to Rick, who's with us, one of our cast members, for bringing this forward to us today because he shared a great quote. The quote is, whatever you do or dream, you can do. Begin it. Boldness has genius and power and magic in it. And that's Johann von Goethe. Is that correct, Rick? Am I saying Goethe? Okay, that's what I thought. I love that. Whatever you do or dream you can do, begin it. Boldness has genius and power and magic in it. I love it. Uh, when, when do each of you first remember being bold in your life? Like what led you to that place or that choice? I have a childhood memory. Uh, for me, it was when I was really young. I mean young, like seven, eight years old. We'd be at a family event and YMCA or some other song would come up and I would get out there and I would dance in front of the whole crowd and be in the middle of the circle and I would be loving this moment. And, and I mean, I had no sense of style. I had whatsoever. I wore clothes that were just obnoxiously loud. Uh, and I would go out there and impersonate John Travolta. And I was seven, eight years old. I would literally pull the buttons apart on my shirt like he did in the movie because I love to dance. And I look back on that and I think, what in the world led me to do that? Like, what kind of boldness did that take? And what I realized was it was that sense of accomplishment. It was that attention I was getting for doing something I was good at not the style or anything but but I love to dance and it was for me that's what did it and I'm not saying that's a good reason but it was interesting to look back on where it all started for me what about everyone else where do you remember first being bold in your life it's Jen I think for me you know very similar to you Mike because we grew up in the same town but I remember the very specific time of being on the seventh grade dance floor impersonating Michael Jackson. And I had a full on circle around me and I was doing the thriller dance or the beat it. I don't remember which one it was, but Billie Jean, you name it. And I had every move down. And when I walked away, I'm sure the kids were laughing, but I did not care. Like I was like, bam, I just did that. 
And and when you looked at it for you, what was, do you know what it was? Like, were you like, was it just like, I have to do this? Or can you think back to that? Or is it just looking back, you remember the courage, get out there and do it? I think it, it was more the courage of just doing it and not really care of what people thought of me at that, at that time. Love it. Especially, you know, especially seventh to eighth grade. That's a, that's a tough world for a lot of kids. I love that. What about everyone else? For me, it was, this is Rick. I think it was, it wasn't a happy memory, but it was one that gave me a lot of courage. And I remember my father coming home drunk one evening and he was being abusive to my mother verbally and I knew where it was headed. And I woke up in the middle of the night and we, we lived in a small farming community and just kind of one of those communities where everybody knows your stuff. And I knew the way they were carrying on that things were going to go really south quickly. And I remember walking into their bedroom, which actually happened to be our living room as well, and getting between him and my mother and saying, if you do it to her, you're going to have to do it to me too. And are you man enough to do it? And I was like 12 years old Mm. and I was scared to death and shaking in my boots. But that was the first time I stood up to my dad and really said enough is enough. That's so powerful. I mean, when I look Mm -hmm. back, Jen and I were giving examples of the courage of a teenage year, but that's, that's a whole nother level of courage because honestly, mine was centered probably on, you know, being egotistical on attention and that, that positive energy feeling, but you came from a place of protection. It sounds like of deep love for your mom. Do you look back on that ever and go, what got me to that? Like, how did I have that courage in that moment at such a young age? And what is clearly a petrifying moment, because at 12, you don't feel usually strength superior to the person you're taking on. Well, you know, it's interesting, Mike, because it actually came from a similar space to what you and Jen were talking about. Uh, It was about wanting to get the right attention, not only from my father, but the right attention from our community, because everybody in the community kind of knew my parents' stuff. I mean, my mom would show up at places with bruises and stuff. Mm. And so it was really about, okay, I, I want this, this ugly attention to go away. I want the good attention to show up for both me personally from my dad, but also for my family in our community. That's awesome. I mean, that's just, that's incredible to have that foresight and then insight. Were there times before where you thought about doing it and you didn't? And this, this one finally had the point where you said, I am. Yeah, there were many times before and I was I was too afraid to stand up to him. But when I realized this was going to be one of those moments that that if I didn't do this, what would happen if maybe it went too far and maybe I would lose my mom or maybe I would be I would lose my life. I think it was out of fear that finally drove me to go. You can either be afraid or you can do something. And that was the step that I decided to take was to do something. That statement you just made, I think, is so incredible about out of fear. I think you really look at a lot of us in our lives, the scariest moments are when boldness tends to appear, when we're willing to see what's happening, right? And that could be like you did. You intervened for behalf of not only your mom, but yourself, your family. Sometimes it's about the fear of what we're doing in our own lives, the choices we're making, what we're projecting to the world on not a physical safety concern or emotional safety concern necessarily, but just on how we're projecting to the world. What does everyone think about that? How do you recognize 
where you need to be bold when you're not looking. In other words, I don't mean you're searching where can I be bold. I'm talking about where something's going on in your life where you have an awakening that helps you realize I need to do something differently here. I need to be bold. Even though you weren't searching for it, how do anybody think of moments like that that have happened for them? I I think of some. I think for a lot of us, or for me especially, the feeling of loss. When you've mm-hmm. lost a loved one or you've lost mm-hmm. a situation you really wanted and suddenly you find yourself thinking, what's next? I think those ideas of, you know, how do I be, what do I do here? Well, what if I do that? It's going to have to require X and it's usually a step of faith or a bold step of some kind. So can you give an example there, Darren, of you're saying, hey, a moment of loss and how do I take next step that we can hear and go, ah, I got you there. Well, and to, to go back to our original conversation, the, uh, the thing, you know, thinking back when was the first time I was bold, I had a great grandmother I was very close to and her loss when she passed created such a hole in my heart. I looked across the street from where we lived and there was a nursing facility. I told my mother, I'm going to go over to this retirement home and I'm going to find other grandmas. And I walked across the street by myself, knocked, you know, went in, told them who I was, that I wanted to find a new grandma and started getting to know the people in that facility. Someone like, I mean, you wouldn't think a little kid would do that. That's exactly what I did. And that out of loss, I think I was, you know, trying to find somebody to fill that space. It didn't happen, but I found a bunch of other people who had a lot to offer. So uh, that's one example to answer your question. I think there's all kinds of loss. It could be the loss of family, friends. It could be the loss of simplicity, the loss of innocence for whatever reason. So I don't know how others do, but that's where I started. And you mentioned there that, you know, taking that bold step to go across the street at that age, and then it led to all those relationships. And I'm, you may mm-hmm. not have been thinking about the time, but how much you were serving others in that role that you were doing there. Do you think that led you to who you are today and the work you do is serving the world and the fact that at such a young age, maybe not intentionally, but you learned service and that connection to humans? Absolutely. And I have to tell you, as I was speaking that story to, to you all, I'm thinking, who is this little kid? You know, <laughs> who was that person? But it is. It's, it's been something inherent in my life. It's something that helped me focus on, as you said, volunteering uh, service that's carried through. I look back through my life. It's just it's been inherent in who I am as a person. Now, there's people who find service and volunteerism uh, for a variety of reasons. But for me, it, it didn't come knocking. It was already, I was already living in that, that realm. So, you know, we're talking about boldness here. And I think an important question to ask is what does it mean to each of us? What is when you hear boldness or when you hear bold to be bold or to make a bold choice or to take a bold action, what does that mean? No, this is Jill. I think it really means, you know, in a way deviating from your status quo, because most of us go on routine day in, day out and don't deviate too far from the status quo. And, you know, when I was thinking of my example in your first question, I was thinking, you know, the first time that I can really remember being bold was actually brought on. I was bullied when I was a kid, especially by one particular person. And it got to the point where I had physical marks on my body, welts on my head, a broken nose. I mean, it was very, very bad and people weren't intervening. It was a small town and, you know, mind your own business, but don't mind your own business at the same time. It got to the point where my mom said to me, Jill, if you 
fight back. If you actually hit this person back, I was this kind kid. I didn't want to hit anybody, but if you hit this person back, I will give you $5. Well, to <laughs> at the time, second grade Jill, $5 is a lot of money. And, you know, I did it. I didn't leave as strong of a mark, but I finally fought back. And I think in that essence, some would argue, well, that's not bold because you had an incentive, but that boldness, that willing to step outside the status quo, even if it was spurred on by something, I think we have to give ourselves credit for it because a lot of people listening, I imagine, are thinking, well, I'm not really bold, but even if you act on someone's guidance, it takes courage to follow that action through. And I think we, you know, in general, just need to give ourselves more credit for that. Yeah, and we all have incentive. I, I think I think you bring up something brilliant, which is this idea that if I had an incentive, it's not bold. That's actually the opposite. Some incentive came along in everything we've mentioned so far that made that made that movement reasonable to do. Uh, that that somehow be, became logical to do because of an incentive. I mean, Rick gave such. I mean, obviously, a very powerful, difficult moment in life, but it was incentivized, right? Rick said. Uh, you said, Rick, you know, it was that I did want a different kind of attention for both myself and level of respect and for my family. And Jill, for you, the incentive was maybe you look back and go, well, it was the $5 that got me to do it, but it was a $5 that gave you freedom in, in another way. Mm-hmm. So there was an incentive there. I, I love that you said it's when we leave the status quo, because I think what's, what's critical there is a lot of people listening right now might not realize when they've been bold many times in their life. And whatever the boldness was changed how they lived and they don't even remember that they were bold to get there. You know, when you when mm. you think of a good example, Darren walks across the street and becomes of service to other grandparents. And at the time, not doing it for that purpose, it didn't sound like that's for sure, Darren, mm-hmm. by what you shared. Yet mm-hmm. it became the status quo. The bold act becomes the status quo when it's done for the right purposes. I know I haven't started stopped beating people up since it's been. Uh, <laughs> 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 I, I, you know, but one of the things that you said that I think ties in to everybody here, and you know, I imagine everyone that's listening is, no matter where that incentive comes from, whether it's an external force or an internal force. I love Mike how you said it becomes this new normal because I think I never had to be incentivized to stand up for myself again. Darren never had to be pushed or needed to find a reason or seek out a reason for serving again. I'm imagining Rick never needed to, you know, have that same type of lead time and reasoning to intervene. And, you know, same with Jen and what she talked about when she was young. It's really what changes your status quo and then you move forward. And the other point I think, and I would love to hear from other people on is, When you think of being bold, so many times we define what it means to be bold by what other people tell us is bold. And I've struggled with that, that I'm like, oh, you're so bold. You did this and you made this move in your life. And I'm thinking, well, I like it was just I needed to do it. Darren travels to Africa a dozen times or more a year. And people look at him and say, oh, my gosh, this is the most bold thing. And to Darren, because I know him personally, it's no, this is just what I do. I think you've just said something, Jill. The word that keeps coming to my mind is perspective. Mm-hmm. We can hear, you know, somebody may say, oh, being bold is starting a new business or being bold is, you could name it, whatever it is. And I think it's perspective. Is it is it your action out of hurt? Is it an action that you're overcoming maybe a defense? Or is it a dream? I mean, people who have a job they may not care for, 
they dream of being their own boss and maybe even doing something entrepreneurial. I mean, I think perspective has so much to do with this idea of being bold, um, doing something more than yourself. The thing, and I agree with everything that everybody's saying here, but I think when you simplify this thing down, being bold is what is bold for you. Bold would be, okay, I'm going to think about what it would feel like to ask somebody out. That could be a bold thing for somebody versus somebody else is going to be like, I'm going to see if I can ask 10 people out in the next two weeks. So I think it's those differences there that help people start to realize bold is whatever is bold for you. And if you take the comparison thing out of the picture and stop comparing your boldness to other people's boldness, your bold move is your bold move. And it's that simple. I love that. And, and it's powerful there is that you think to yourself, where is somewhere I'd like to be in my life? Whether that be somebody could say, well, I want to go visit a place or somebody could say, I want to be in a different career or it could be something minor. I want to not, not minor, but I want to read this many books a month, whatever it could be. And you think, well, that's not bold. Well, it, it is if you've never been able to accomplish it before right? If it breaks the status quo. So then you say to yourself, well, how do I become bold? Well, it's simple. And it doesn't mean it's easy to do the action, but logic would say, ask yourself what it would feel like to be able to do that regularly. Because if you could picture yourself being able to do that just every day, like it was no big deal, suddenly the bold isn't so scary to try. You all brought up just now that Hey, we're, Jill, you had said, hey, what we're all doing now, we don't even think about, right? You don't think about mm-hmm. how easy it is to mm-hmm. do that. And so that's the difference that once it becomes the norm, it's no longer, it doesn't feel bold. And that's good because then there's a new marker for bold after that. I think the same way. It takes nothing for me to go into a crowd and, and dance. That, that I don't even have to blink an eye at that. It doesn't mean that I still don't get nervous depending on the crowd, but my mind has a history that says this is going to be fun and work out. Go, you go ahead, go for it because of a history. We've got to start history number one so that we have a history to look back on and go, there's proof here. There's evidence here that I can do this. That's a prime example because I was thinking about, you know, I'd go out and do the Michael Jackson moves in, in seventh grade. And I guess it was in 2009, I said to my husband, I said, you know, I've always wanted to apply or audition for a Broadway production. And he's like, well, you don't really sing or dance that much. And I go, yeah, but, you know, it's just something I've always wanted to do. And sure enough, I found something online that in Atlanta, they, the Lion King was, had open auditions. And I'm like, can I do this? And he goes, go for it. Mm-hmm. And I went, like I flew, I went to Atlanta I did everything and I was so scared. But like when I walked out of there, I was feeling as, you know, of course I didn't get the part, <laughs> but it was, I mean, it was a very, it was a very tough dance move, you know, dance that they taught us in a matter of 45 minutes. And I just, and I walked out and I told the people, I said, thank you for allowing this to have an open audition. I said, this is something I've always wanted to do, but that stems from seventh grade just mm-hmm. to, pick up and go. And I remember talking to my husband going, what am I doing? He goes, people talk about doing it. He goes, you're actually doing it. So it's pretty, it's pretty bold. <laughs> Does everybody have strategies that you can think of that you've used in moments where you needed boldness, something that you maybe said to yourself or you thought about that helped you 
have that moment because we all gave first time examples and man, did we ever, I mean, look at between the five of us here, how from very light, fluffy sort of, you know, I'm going to do a dance in front of a crowd Mm -hmm. to real life changing moments in just the five of us. Are there skill sets that whether it's serious or whether it's more about something we want to enjoy in life, that the skill sets remain consistent? Are there any out there that you all think of that, hey, you know what really helps me is doing this or thinking of this or reading that? You know, one of the best pieces of advice, this is Jill, that I ever got from a friend was look at what is your worst, worst case scenario. And for an analytical person like me, I'm like, wait, hold on, let me process it. Worst, worst case. And at the time, I was weighing out, and this was back in 2009. I live in New York City now, but I was actually offered a job back in 2009 in the city. And the worst, worst case scenario was I have a strong and stable relationship at the time when I was where I was living in Arizona. We'd been together for years. It was kind of, you know, going that path. I was in my late 20s. And then I was offered the chance at a job in New York City. And so she said to me, Jill, what's your worst, worst case scenario? And I said, well, the worst, worst case would be I would turn down a job in New York and the relationship wouldn't work out. So I would lose out on two things. And she goes, is that something you could live with? And that was the question that really Mm. hit me. And whenever I think of making a move that is outside of my status quo now, I analyze it through the lens of what's the worst, worst case scenario. And most of the time, you know, it's not that large. It's not death. It's not, you know, a severe loss. And it's easier to measure out for me because that's my litmus test. Hmm. For me, it's, it's one simple question. What will I regret the most by not doing this? There's always going to be a regret that you can come up with. It's a tough question to answer sometimes because the first thing we want to say is, well, but I'll be safer if I don't. There'll be the-. We can come up with all the good reasons why we might not should do this. But when you have to ask yourself that hard question, what might I regret most by not making this move or doing this thing? It helps you really get to the core of, I believe, why you should do that thing. Do you ask it both ways? In other words, is the question, what will I regret if I do this? <laughs> and, and what will I regret if I don't? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I tend to go with the more, what will I regret if I don't? Because that gets me quicker to where I'm going. But I definitely have asked it both ways. And I, I, when I'm working with clients, I always ask it both ways. For me, I realize that there's no failure for me unless I give up. I have to go out and do my best no matter what I do. But if I say, you know what, peace out, I'm done, then I failed. But that's not going to happen in my book because I'm not going to give up. So for you, is is boldness something that at this point in your life, based on that philosophy, it, do you even think of that you're being bold? In other words, what's something that would make you be bold with that philosophy? Because under that philosophy, you must do whatever the challenge is. So where does the boldness come in or is it just dictated by, I I have to? For me, I think the boldness is sort of ingrained in me. I think it's just, it's who I am. I mean, I agree with Jen because I, I guess my own personal story of coming out late in life was a big, bold move. And then after I made that big, bold move, I got presented other big, bold moves to choose between and not that I do it 100% every day, but I realize how easy it has become to just say, yes, I'm doing this thing. And I, even though that's kind of my brand is, you know, 
it's simple, be bold, and this is what I help people do, what I realize is it's become so part of my DNA that I just live and breathe it. Do I get scared? Mm-hmm. Heck, heck yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's in the fear that helps me catapult into the boldness. If I, In fact, Mike knows this, but I just started a big, bold adventure. And had I not given myself the permission to go, okay, let's go see what happens here. I don't know that I would have felt, kind of like Jen said, I think I would have felt myself if I hadn't stepped up to the plate to go through the training to work with Mr. Mr. Tony Robbins himself. Nice. I, I don't know that I would have liked myself so well. So now I had to take this big, bold step to go, man, this is, it's a great opportunity, but it's also really scary because it's just such a high level of, you know, intensity that you go through. But yet that was a big, bold move to go, okay, for the next three months, I'm putting a lot of other stuff on the sidelines to go make this big, bold move and see what happens. But through that move, I just keep feeding my bucket of being bold and taking steps and Mm. doing things that keep that muscle. It's just like a muscle at the gym. The more you work that bicep, hopefully the bigger it gets. (laughs) Well, if you don't work your boldness, it's not going to get any bigger. You're not going to become comfortable in it. I think that's been part of my story. And going back to what Jen said, I think it's just been inherited who I, I am as a person one of the questions I always ask myself and as I speak is, you know, what would you go to Times Square, beat a drum while being naked? What would you believe in so much that you would do that about? And once you take the first step, as you said, it's the next step is easier. And pretty soon you find yourself living this lifestyle and people say, how did you do that? I didn't even realize it was that big of a deal. I just did what came next and what I felt like was the next thing to do. So I don't know, it's a very interesting perspective to think that in some people it may be an inherent part of who they are, and other people it's to be find examples to follow. Well, and it also becomes in there of how do you live your boldness, not someone else's? Because here yes, we are talking about being bold, and I, you know, you brought up, Rick, coming out later in life, there's this pressure to come out now, come, you know, come out, come out, come out, come out, versus come out on your terms, come out in your place of boldness. Uh, And so I think that's an important part of this discussion. How do you recognize your boldness versus society trying to tell us where to be bold or how to be bold? Well, I think you got to feel it in your gut. I mean, one of the things that I do with all my clients, and I'm so blessed that my coming out journey has actually helped me tap into this, is your boldness, your way of coming out to be who you are, you're going to feel it in your gut. You're going to feel it in your soul. You're going to feel it into your in your intuition. Your, your, your. All those are yours. When you can dial into that, then you're doing it your way. And when I'm working with someone who's actually coming out of the closet or even an entrepreneur is coming out saying, okay, I'm done with corporate. I'm going to go be an entrepreneur. I beg, plead, and encourage them, do this your way or you are going to fail. You can only follow everybody else's way to a certain degree, but then you got to make it your own. You got to make it your path to coming out to be who you're meant to be, whether it's entrepreneurship, Mm -hmm. leaving a relationship that's not good, starting a podcast, whatever these things are, adapt and learn from the gurus. But if you lose sight of doing it your way, you will fail, even if it means coming out of the closet to say, I'm gay, bye, whatever those things are. 
you will get sucked into everybody else saying, okay, now here's how you do gay. Here's how you do this. Here's how you do want. It's all good, but take the things that make sense. And the bold move is now do it your way from there. That is beautiful. I love that. Years ago, I was at a speaking event amongst just all professional speakers and someone from had asked somebody from the stage one of these hall of fame speakers hey how do you you know how do you go full time and they said take it slow take it slow there's no hurry and i was sitting in the back of the room going no 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 desperation is the greatest motivation had i taken <laughs> it slow i wouldn't be here right now what was interesting was we both then had this debate in front of the whole room as if we were both right when mm-hmm. when and the, the truth is we were both neither right nor wrong. It depended on what works for you. What is your journey? For some, desperation is great motivation. For others, they need to take it slow. And so I think what you're saying right there is so important, Rick, is that boldness is truly being you, being the mm-hmm. deepest part of yourself, mm-hmm. being authentic. That's the epitome of bold, especially in a society that wants to conform us and shape us and mold us. Well, I think it goes back to what Darren said about the perspective. You got to put all this in your perspective and give permission to others to put it in their perspective. If we all allowed each other to look at life through our own perspectives without saying, no, you got to look at it this way. God, what a different world this would be. I think when we have a, quote, bold idea, a lot of us stand around waiting for someone to affirm that idea. We're waiting for Mm -hmm. someone to give us permission to do something that we feel very qualified, your hands are sweating, your heart's racing, you're nervous, you know, and the truth be told is, if that's how we live being bold, then to Rick's point, we haven't come out in our higher self, we're not operating from whom we really are, just do it. If you're waiting for permission, you're never going to get all the permission you need to be yourself. And what an awesome way to end this episode about boldness. That was that was awesome. Thanks so much, Darren, for that. I want to thank all of you, Rick, Jill, Jen, Darren. Thank you all for being on the show. Thanks, thank for, having thanks, for, thanks for having us. Absolutely. And a special thanks to Rick, because Rick, you brought this one, this idea of having this conversation to us with a quote. Thank you so much. We want all those of you listening right now, check out these brilliant individuals and our cast at everydaymindfulnessshow.com. By the way, we have freebies from many of our cast members that they give away special resources that you can use in your own daily life. You can check that out there. And until next time, may you enjoy everyday mindfulness in your life. Three quick reminders. One, please subscribe to the Everyday Mindfulness Show on iTunes. Already subscribed? Then encourage others to join us by inviting them to subscribe to the show. Two, while on iTunes, download all the latest episodes. Three, reviews help more people find out about the show. Would you please go into iTunes and write a review? Doing so helps spread the mission of the show. Thanks. We appreciate you being a part of our vibrant, oftentimes silly, and always vulnerable community. If you have an idea, a thought, want to sponsor the show, or just want to say hi, send us an email at listen at everydaymindfulnessshow.com. And check us out at everydaymindfulnessshow.com. Have a joyful, mindful week.